Section six of Tarzan the Terrible by Edgar Rice Burroughs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter six. The Torodon. Panat Lee slept the troubled sleep of physical and nervous exhaustion, filled with weird dreamings. She dreamed that she slept beneath a great tree in the bottom of the Coriol Griff and that one of the fearsome beasts was creeping upon her but she could not open her eyes nor move she tried to scream but no sound issued from her lips she felt the thing touch her throat her breast her arm and there it closed and seemed to be dragging her toward it with a superhuman effort of will she opened her eyes in the instant she knew that she was dreaming and that quickly the hallucination of the dream would fade it had happened to her many times before but it persisted in the dim light that filtered into the dark chamber she saw a form beside her she felt hairy fingers upon her and a hairy breast against which she was being drawn jad ben otho this was no dream and then she screamed and tried to fight the thing from her but her scream was answered by a low growl and another hairy hand seized her by the hair of the head the beast rose now upon its hind legs and dragged her from the cave to the moonlit recess without and at the same instant she saw the figure of what she took to be a hodon rise above the outer edge of the niche the beast that held her saw it too and growled ominously but it did not relinquish its hold upon her hair it crouched as though waiting an attack and it increased the volume and frequency of its growls until the horrid sounds reverberated through the gorge drowning even the deep bellowings of the beasts below whose mighty thunderings had broken out anew with the sudden commotion from the high-flung cave the beast that held her crouched and the creature that faced it crouched also and growled as hideously as the other panat lee trembled this was no hodon and though she feared the hodon she feared this thing more with its cat-like crouch and its beastly growls she was lost that panat lee knew the two things might fight for her but whichever won she was lost perhaps during the battle if it came to that she might find the opportunity to throw herself over into the coriol griff the thing that held her she had recognized now as a torodon but the other thing she could not place though in the moonlight she could see it very distinctly it had no tail she could see its hands and its feet and they were not the hands and feet of the races of poluldon it was slowly closing upon the torodon and in one hand it held a gleaming knife now it spoke and to panatli's terror was added an equal weight of consternation when it leaves go of you it said as it will presently to defend itself run quickly behind me panatli and go to the cave nearest the pegs you descended from the cliff-top watch from there if i am defeated you will have time to escape this slow thing if i am not i will come to you there i am omat's friend and yours the last words took the keen edge from panatli's terror but she did not understand how did this strange creature know her name how did it know that she had descended the pegs by a certain cave it must then have been here when she came panatli was puzzled who are you she asked and from whence do you come i am tarzan he replied and just now i come from omat gund of koryulja in search of you omat gund of koryulja what wild talk was this 
she would have questioned him further but now he was approaching the torodon and the latter was screaming and growling so loudly as to drown the sound of her voice and then it did what the strange creature had said that it would do it released its hold upon her hair as it prepared to charge charge it did and in those close quarters there was no room to fence for openings instantly the two beasts locked in deadly embrace each seeking the other's throat punnett lee watched taking no advantage of the opportunity to escape which their preoccupation gave her she watched and waited for into her savage little brain had come the resolve to pin her faith to this strange creature who had unlocked her heart with those four words i am omat's friend and so she waited with drawn knife the opportunity to do her bit in the vanquishing of the torodon that the newcomer could do it unaided she well knew to be beyond the realms of possibility for she knew well the prowess of the beast-like man with whom it fought there were not many of them in Don, but what few there were were a terror to the women of the wazdan and the hodan for the old torodon bulls roamed the mountains and the valleys of paludan between rutting seasons and woe betide the women who fell in their paths with his tail the torodon sought one of tarzan's ankles and finding it tripped him the two fell heavily but so agile was the ape-man and so quick his powerful muscles that even in falling he twisted the beast beneath him so that tarzan fell on top and now the tail that had tripped him sought his throat as had the tail of inton the coriolo in the effort of turning his antagonist's body during the fall tarzan had had to relinquish his knife that he might seize the shaggy body with both hands and now the weapon lay out of reach at the very edge of the recess both hands were occupied for the moment in fending off the clutching fingers that sought to seize him and drag his throat within reach of his foe's formidable fangs and now the tail was seeking its deadly hold with a formidable persistence that would not be denied Panat Lee hovered about breathless her dagger ready but there was no opening that did not also endanger tarzan so constantly were the two duelists changing their positions tarzan felt the tail slowly but surely insinuating itself about his neck though he had drawn his head down between the muscles of his shoulders in an effort to protect this vulnerable part the battle seemed to be going against him for the giant beast against which he strove would have been a fair match in weight and strength for bolgani the gorilla and knowing this he suddenly exerted a single superhuman effort thrust far apart the giant hands and with the swiftness of a striking snake buried his fangs in the jugular of the torodon at the same instant the creature's tail coiled about his own throat and then commenced a battle royal of turning and twisting bodies as each sought to dislodge the fatal hold of the other but the acts of the ape-man were guided by a human brain and thus it was that the rolling bodies rolled in the direction that tarzan wished toward the edge of the recess the choking tail had shut the air from his lungs he knew that his gasping lips were parted and his tongue protruding and now his brain reeled and his sight grew dim but not before he reached his goal and a quick hand shot out to seize the knife that now lay within reach as the two bodies tottered perilously upon the brink of the chasm with all his remaining strength the ape-man drove home the blade once twice thrice and then all went black before him as he felt himself still in the clutches of the torodon topple from the recess 
fortunate it was for tarzan that panat lee had not obeyed his injunction to make good her escape while he engaged the torodon for it was to this fact that he owed his life close beside the struggling forms during the brief moments of the terrific climax she had realized every detail of the danger to tarzan with which the emergency was fraught and as she saw the two rolling over the outer edge of the niche she seized the ape-man by an ankle at the same time throwing herself prone upon the rocky floor the muscles of the torodon relaxed in death with the last thrust of tarzan's knife and with its hold upon the ape-man released it shot from sight into the gorge below it was with infinite difficulty that panat lee retained her hold upon the ankle of her protector but she did so and then slowly she sought to drag the dead weight back to the safety of the niche this however was beyond her strength and she could but hold on tightly hoping that some plan would suggest itself before her powers of endurance failed she wondered if after all the creature was already dead but that she could not bring herself to believe and if not dead how long it would be before he regained consciousness if he did not regain it soon he never would regain it that she knew for she felt her fingers numbing to the strain upon them and slipping slowly slowly from their hold it was then that tarzan regained consciousness he could not know what power upheld him but he felt that whatever it was was slowly releasing its hold upon his ankle within easy reach of his hands were two pegs and these he seized upon just as panat lee's fingers slipped from their hold as it was he came near to being precipitated into the gorge only his great strength saved him he was upright now and his feet found other pegs his first thought was of his foe where was he waiting above there to finish him tarzan looked up just as the frightened face of panat lee appeared over the threshold of the recess you live she cried yes replied tarzan where is the shaggy one panat lee pointed downward there she said dead good exclaimed the ape-man clambering to her side you are unharmed he asked you came just in time replied panatli but who are you and how did you know that i was here and what do you know of omat and where did you come from and what did you mean by calling omat gund wait wait cried tarzan one at a time my but you are all alike the shes of the tribe of kerchak the ladies of england and their sisters of poludon have patience and i will try to tell you all that you wish to know four of us set out with omat from koryuljah to search for you we were attacked by the koryul lull and separated i was taken prisoner but escaped again i stumbled upon your trail and followed it reaching the summit of this cliff just as the hairy one was climbing up after you i was coming to investigate when i heard your scream the rest you know but you called omat gund of koryuljah she insisted esat is gund esat is dead explained the ape-man omat slew him and now omat is gund omat came back seeking you he found esat in your cave and killed him yes said the girl esat came to my cave and i struck him down with my golden breastplates and escaped and a lion pursued you continued tarzan and you leaped from the cliff into koryul-lul but why you were not killed is beyond me is there anything beyond you exclaimed panat lee how could you know that a lion pursued me and that i leaped from the cliff and not know that it was the pool of deep water below that saved me 
i would have known that too had not the koryo lol come then and prevented me from continuing upon your trail but now i would ask you a question by what name do you call the thing with which i just fought it was a torodon she replied i have seen but one before they are terrible creatures with the cunning of a man and the ferocity of a beast great indeed must be the warrior who slays one single-handed she gazed at him in open admiration and now said tarzan you must sleep for tomorrow we shall return to koryul ja and omat and i doubt that you have had much rest these two nights Panat Lee, lulled by a feeling of security, slept peacefully into the morning, while Tarzan stretched himself upon the hard floor of the recess, just outside her cave. The sun was high in the heavens when he awoke. For two hours it had looked down upon another heroic figure miles away, the figure of a godlike man fighting his way through the hideous morass that lies like a filthy moat defending Palul Don from the creatures of the outer world now waist-deep in the sucking ooze now menaced by loathsome reptiles the man advanced only by virtue of herculean efforts gaining laboriously by inches along the devious way that he was forced to choose in selecting the least precarious footing near the centre of the morass was open water slimy green-hued water he reached it at last after more than two hours of such effort as would have left an ordinary man spent and dying in the sticky mud yet he was less than halfway across the marsh greasy with slime and mud was his smooth brown hide and greasy with slime and mud was his beloved enfield that had shone so brightly in the first rays of the rising sun he paused a moment upon the edge of the open water, and then, throwing himself forward, struck out to swim across. He swam with long, easy, powerful strokes calculated less for speed than for endurance, for his was primarily a test of the latter, since beyond the open water was another two hours or more of grueling effort between it and solid ground. He was perhaps halfway across, and congratulating himself upon the ease of the achievement of this portion of his task, when there arose from the depths directly in his path a hideous reptile, which with wide distended jaws bore down upon him, hissing shrilly. Tarzan arose and stretched, expanding his great chest, and drank in deep draughts of the fresh morning air his clear eyes scanned the wondrous beauties of the landscape spread out before them directly below lay koryul griff a dense sombre green of gently moving treetops to tarzan it was neither grim nor forbidding it was jungle beloved jungle to his right there spread a panorama of the lower reaches of the valley of jad ben otho with its winding streams and its blue lakes gleaming whitely in the sunlight were scattered groups of dwellings the feudal strongholds of the lesser chiefs of the hodon allure the city of light he could not see as it was hidden by the shoulder of the cliff in which the deserted village lay for a moment tarzan gave himself over to that spiritual enjoyment of beauty that only the mankind may attain and then nature asserted herself and the belly of the beast called aloud that it was hungry again tarzan looked down at koryul griff there was the jungle grew there a jungle that would not feed tarzan the ape-man smiled and commenced the descent to the gorge was there danger there of course who knew it better than tarzan 
in all jungles lies death for life and death go hand in hand and where life teems death reaps his fullest harvest never had tarzan met a creature of the jungle with which he could not cope sometimes by virtue of brute strength alone again by a combination of brute strength and the cunning of the mankind but tarzan had never met a griff he had heard the bellowings in the gorge the night before after he had lain down to sleep and he had meant to ask panat lee this morning what manner of beast so disturbed the slumbers of its betters he reached the foot of the cliff and strode into the jungle and here he halted his keen eyes and ears watchful and alert his sensitive nostrils searching each shifting air current for the scent spore of game again he advanced deeper into the wood his light step giving forth no sound his bow and arrows in readiness a light morning breeze was blowing from up the gorge and in this direction he bent his steps many odors impinged upon his organs of scent some of these he classified without effort but others were strange the odors of beasts and birds of trees and shrubs and flowers with which he was unfamiliar he sensed faintly the reptilian odor that he had learned to connect with the strange nocturnal forms that had loomed dim and bulky on several occasions since his introduction to palul dawn and then suddenly he caught plainly the strong sweet odor of bara the deer were the belly vocal tarzans would have given a little cry of joy for it loved the flesh of bara the ape-man moved rapidly but cautiously forward the prey was not far distant and as the hunter approached it he took silently to the trees and still in his nostrils was the faint reptilian odor that spoke of a great creature which he had never yet seen except as a denser shadow among the dense shadows of the night but the odor was of such a faintness as suggests to the jungle bred the distance of absolute safety and now moving noiselessly tarzan came within sight of bara drinking at a pool where the stream that waters coriol griff crosses an open place in the jungle the deer was too far from the nearest tree to risk a charge so the ape-man must depend upon the accuracy and force of his first arrow which must drop the deer in its tracks or forfeit both deer and shaft far back came the right hand and the bow that you or i might not move bent easily beneath the muscles of the forest god there was a singing twang and bara leaping high in the air collapsed upon the ground an arrow through his heart tarzan dropped to earth and ran to his kill lest the animal might even yet rise and escape but bara was safely dead as tarzan stooped to lift it to his shoulder there fell upon his ears a thunderous bellow that seemed almost at his right elbow and as his eyes shot in the direction of the sound there broke upon his vision such a creature as paleontologists would have dreamed as having possibly existed in the dimmest vistas of earth's infancy a gigantic creature vibrant with mad rage that charged bellowing upon him when panatli awoke she looked out upon the niche in search of tarzan he was not there she sprang to her feet and rushed out looking down into coriol griff guessing that he had gone down in search of food and there she caught a glimpse of him disappearing into the forest for an instant she was panic-stricken she knew that he was a stranger in palul dawn and that so he might not realize the dangers that lay in that gorge of terror why did she not call to him to return you or i might have done so but no palul don for they know the ways of the griff they know the weak eyes and the keen ears and that at the sound of a human voice they come 
to have called to tarzan then would have been to invite disaster and so she did not call instead afraid though she was she descended into the gorge for the purpose of overhauling tarzan and warning him in whispers of his danger it was a brave act since it was performed in the face of countless ages of inherited fear of the creatures that she might be called upon to face men have been decorated for less Panat Lee, descended from a long line of hunters, assumed that Tarzan would move up wind, and in this direction she sought his tracks, which she soon found well marked, since he had made no effort to conceal them. She moved rapidly until she reached the point at which Tarzan had taken to the trees. Of course she knew what had happened, since her own people were semi-arboreal, but she could not track him through the trees, having no such well-developed sense of scent as he she could but hope that he had continued on upwind and in this direction she moved her heart pounding in terror against her ribs her eyes glancing first in one direction and then another she had reached the edge of a clearing when two things happened she caught sight of tarzan bending over a dead deer and at the same instant a deafening roar sounded almost beside her it terrified her beyond description but it brought no paralysis of fear instead it galvanized her into instant action with the result that Panat Lee swarmed up the nearest tree to the very loftiest branch that would sustain her weight then she looked down the thing that tarzan saw charging him when the warning bellow attracted his surprised eyes loomed terrifically monstrous before him monstrous and awe-inspiring but it did not terrify tarzan it only angered him for he saw that it was beyond even his powers to combat and that meant that it might cause him to lose his kill and tarzan was hungry there was but a single alternative to remaining for annihilation and that was flight swift and immediate and tarzan fled but he carried the carcass of bara the deer with him he had not more than a dozen paces start but on the other hand the nearest tree was almost as close his greatest danger lay he imagined in the great towering height of the creature pursuing him for even though he reached the tree he would have to climb high in an incredibly short time as unless appearances were deceiving the thing could reach up and pluck him down from any branch under thirty feet above the ground and possibly from those up to fifty feet if it reared up on its hind legs but tarzan was no sluggard and though the griff was incredibly fast despite its great bulk it was no match for tarzan and when it comes to climbing the little monkeys gaze with envy upon the feats of the ape-man and so it was that the bellowing griff came to a baffled stop at the foot of the tree and even though he reared up and sought to seize his prey among the branches as tarzan had guessed he might he failed in this also and then well out of reach tarzan came to a stop and there just above him he saw panat Lee sitting wide-eyed and trembling how came you here he asked she told him you came to warn me he said it was very brave and unselfish of you i am chagrined that i should have been thus surprised the creature was upwind from me and yet i did not sense its near presence until it charged i cannot understand it it is not strange said Panat Lee. that is one of the peculiarities of the griff it is said that man never knows of its presence until it is upon him so silently does it move despite its great size but i should have smelled it cried tarzan disgustedly smelled it ejaculated Panat Lee. smelled it certainly how do you suppose i found this deer so quickly and i sensed the griff too but faintly as at a great distance 
Tarzan suddenly ceased speaking and looked down at the bellowing creature below them. His nostrils quivered as though searching for a scent. Ah! he exclaimed. I have it. What? asked Panat Lee. I was deceived because the creature gives off practically no odor, explained the ape-man. What I smelled was the faint aroma that doubtless permeates the entire jungle because of the long presence of many of the creatures. It is the sort of odor that would remain for a long time, faint as it is. Panat Lee, did you ever hear of a triceratops? No? Well, this thing that you call a griff is a triceratops, and it has been extinct for hundreds of thousands of years. I have seen its skeleton in the Museum of London, and a figure of one restored. I always thought that the scientists who did such work depended principally on an overwrought imagination, but I see that I was wrong. This living thing is not an exact counterpart of the restoration that I saw, but it is so similar as to be easily recognizable. And then, too, we must remember that during the ages that have elapsed since the paleontologist's specimen lived many changes might have been wrought by evolution in the living line that has quite evidently persisted in Paleogon. Triceratops? London? Paleo? I don't know what you are talking about, cried Panat Lee. Tarzan smiled and threw a piece of dead wood at the face of the angry creature below them. Instantly the great bony hood over the neck was erected and a mad bellow rolled upward from the gigantic body. Full twenty feet at the shoulder the thing stood, a dirty slate blue in color except for its yellow face with the blue bands encircling the eyes, the red hood with the yellow lining and the yellow belly. The three parallel lines of bony protuberances down the back gave a further touch of color to the body, those following the line of the spine being red, while those on either side are yellow. The five and three-toed hoofs of the ancient horned dinosaurs had become talons in the griff, but the three horns, two large ones above the eyes and a median horn on the nose, had persisted through all the ages. Weird and terrible as was its appearance, Tarzan could not but admire the mighty creature looming big below him, its seventy-five feet of length majestically typifying those things which all his life the ape-man had admired, courage and strength. In that massive tail alone was the strength of an elephant. The wicked little eyes looked up at him, and the horny beak opened to disclose a full set of powerful teeth. Herbivorous! murmured the ape-man your ancestors may have been but not you and then to punatli let us go now at the cave we will have deer meat and then back to koryul jaw and omat the girl shuddered go she repeated we will never go from here why not asked tarzan for answer she but pointed to the griff nonsense exclaimed the man it cannot climb we can reach the cliff through the trees and be back in the cave before it knows what has become of us you do not know the griff replied panat lee gloomily wherever we go it will follow and always will be ready at the foot of each tree when we would descend it will never give us up we can live in trees for a long time if necessary replied tarzan and sometime the thing will leave the girl shook her head never she said and then there are the torodon they will come and kill us and after eating a little we'll throw the balance to the griff the griff and the torodon are friends because the torodon shares his food with the griff you may be right said tarzan but even so i don't intend waiting here for someone to come along and eat part of me and then feed the balance to that beast below 
if i don't get out of this place whole it won't be my fault come along now and we'll make a try at it and so saying he moved off through the treetops with panat lee close behind below them on the ground moved the horned dinosaur and when they reached the edge of the forest where there lay fifty yards of open ground to cross to the foot of the cliff he was there with them at the bottom of the tree waiting tarzan looked ruefully down and scratched his head End of chapter 6 Read by Don W. Jenkins Rancho San Diego, California Shaggybark.blogspot.com